time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and JVT. It made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Now he's dead to me. He's dead to me. Yeah. Can we do more A-Rods today? And Peyton. And Hackett. Of course we can. But there's a lot going on. Major League Baseball trade deadline. Lots of A's news. Today might be the first day where I was like, you know what? I think we're going to spend like uh, at least 90 seconds on breaking down some moves on the field by the A's. Some trades. So we'll get to that. Updates on the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and what that could mean for UNLV coming up a little later on. John Von Tobel is here. Damon is running the show. John, how are you? You know, I'm good, Steve. I've decided in the last Uh-oh. couple of days. That, that deep sigh always worries me. Uh, you know, I've decided I've decided to change who I am. Okay. Do I'm tell. A, I'm a modeler now, Steve. I'm a modeler, so, you know. Just look at me differently. You're a what? I'm a modeler. What does that even mean? Steve. <laughs> I'm annoyed. I knew, I knew you wouldn't, ex- I knew you wouldn't <laughs> understand this. I have no this. idea what you're talking about. Uh, Steve, what I like to do at home in my free time now is crunch numbers and create models and projections. Uh, oh, it's this is, it's my it, identity now. Has this really taken off? You're now a uh, you're now a JVT Sharp? Uh, that's right. Uh, now, in all seriousness, I will say, I did not think I would enjoy stuff like this this much. It is really cool. What's happened? You just posted it yesterday. What happened? So, I've actually added more. So, I'm actually showing you guys this right now. Um, Devon's laughing. Like there's, it looks more complicated than it really is. But I, I've started to add more stuff to the the NFL model uh, to make it more accurate. I'm learning things like you know regression. See, I'm not even that good at it yet. All I know is that Excel does a lot of math for me. But it's awesome. It that's, does the math for you. You know, whiz. That's right. That's right. This is my identity now. This is all I am. What's your motivation behind this? Is it uh, bet bash? No. In the Hall of Fame? Are you trying to get in the Hall of Fame 20 years from now? No. Uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, my motivation would be, as any good journalist, Steve, yeah. uh, you know, you have to kind of you got to put yourself in the thing that you're covering, right? you got to have some sort of, like, feel for what it is, you know, the world that you're covering. So, in reality, what I'm just trying to do is I'm not trying to become some sort of quant and start my own, you know, like, right angle sports is like one of these, like, big, you know, services out there, whatever. I just want to see what these people do, see what it's like. You know, get my hands dirty a little bit okay. so I can, you know, so I could just I could just see what they're like. And then maybe one day I'll become an angry Twitter personality that'll be celebrated at a local convention inside of Circa. Okay. We are going to hit on, I didn't know about this thing, Bet Bash, uh, later in the show. But you can certainly set it up. Uh, Sam Paniotovich, I guess, is one of the panelists, is a moderator. He's there. He's our, one of our gambling insiders, and he's been invited. Um, I mean, you're a gigantic name. As big or bigger. Literally and figuratively. Then, Sam, are you going to be down at Circa? What is the event? And it's, it's coming up when? Next week? Uh, I think it's – actually, I think it starts this week. I think it starts today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's just like a networking thing for gamblers. For professional gamblers and and, no, 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 and, and Twitter and Twitter gamblers. Steve, types. Steve, yeah. Yes. Uh, come on. Now, it's not just professional gamblers. You know, public gamblers. People like you and me. We People, can go out there, we too. We can learn. Yeah. Okay. Rub elbows with the elite. So – I mean, look, if, if that's your cup of tea, you can go out there, check it out, network with some uh, big sports betting personalities, and you know, see what they think about certain things. 
I wouldn't say it's not totally worth it. You can go check it out. Uh, I think the website, if you want to look into it, is betbash.co, if you want to like get some details on it. It costs money? It does. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Surely, though, I mean, I mean, Devon, you're not paying for rent. You can afford it. Wait, what? Are you are you uh, paying for rent, right? A little. I I pay for a bill here and there. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. Never mind. I just he's, figured he's, the, he's the kitchen. Bragging, he was bragging pretty heavily again yesterday about uh, lack of expenses. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was here. I was listening. So I, I figured one of which, those was. Which, by it. the way, uh, inside joke, feels like a different theme than we'd had experienced the last four years. <laughs> that's it. That's a very good point. My God. My God. All right. Um, I'm glad you, you came in with the uh, A-Rodge, you know, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. Um, you know, we never updated yesterday the uh, Broncos situation wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Tim Patrick down for the season. Yeah. This is a team that has expectations, especially since her coach is talking a lot of trash now, very cocky, very confident, Sean Payton. It's a team that has high expectations. Their wide receiver core now, did you look at this motley crew? I think it's perfectly fine. Do you? Everything's good. Um, no. I mean, I do think that there's problems what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I also do think that in a world in which – wide receivers becoming more and more impactful in the National Football League. You want good wide receiver depth. You want right, you want it's not it's not plug and play like running back. You need guys who are dynamic. Like look at uh, outside of Kansas City who has the best quarterback in the league and can maximize almost anything in front of them, but they do have the best tight end in the NFL. But you look at everywhere else in some of these skilled teams, look at their wide receiver core and they're pretty darn good. The Cincinnati Bengals, pretty darn good. The San Francisco 49ers, pretty darn good. The Philadelphia Eagles, pretty darn good. Like, there's a commonality between all of these really good teams. They have elite wide receiver core and cores. And uh, Broncos are starting to get a little thin. It's weird, too, because remember, like, three years ago, that was like their strength. Wide receiver core was great. It was awesome. It was one of the big things that everybody loved. And now it's kind of fallen apart a bit. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, Marquez Calloway, Kendall Hinton. Huh? Former quarterback, remember? Isn't isn't Hinton the one that started the game for them like three years ago? Yes, yes. Very former. So you wonder how much of a blow this is to uh, Peyton and if they're going to be able to go out and get some more receivers. Uh, They're not great offensively. You know, you you pointed something out the other day that we never got to. Did did you think the Denver media is already kind of playing, hey, let's back up Sean Peyton? Oh, dude, it was so weird. So, like, if you go back to when Sean Peyton had all those comments about Nathaniel Hackett – the Denver media, like out of nowhere, just and, and we're talking like every like different people for the Denver media, all tweeted out, and this is the weird part about it, essentially the same thing. It was almost like you know how sometimes people will copy and paste press releases and they'll act like they heard from a source, right. and in reality, like we all know, you're just copying and pasting a press release. Sure, um, it was kind of the same thing here, where the message for every single one of them was, and I'm paraphrasing, Sean Payton doesn't do things without thinking. Yeah, There's that, intentionality that, in every comment. Sorry. Yeah. That had to be a master plan. Yeah. Okay. And then the next day he comes out and he's like, sorry, I had my Fox hat on. I apologize. Okay. I guess that wasn't the plan. Peter Schrager. There's intentionality in everything he does. Benjamin Albright. Sean Payton's very deliberate everything, with everything oh, he does. Me, Albright. That's absurd. Uh, Troy I Rank. All, I just mean Albright in general. Right. You know his deal. Uh, Troy Rank. Remember Payton has purpose for everything. Mike Kliss. Peyton threw full support behind the quarterback, clears the deck. One thing Sean Payton does, everything's intentional, not wow. accidental. Like, wow. everybody did it. It was so weird. 
I, you know, I got to say the, uh, the Raiders media, I'm actually, I've been really impressed with how the Raider media core has built up over the years. There is, or there are opinions on all sides. It is not a overall kiss ass group of media. There are the people who work for the Raiders who kind of have to do that. Then there are people who are just getting into the media, so they have to do that. But a lot of the traditional media people, they cover it down the middle. Yeah. I, can, I can't imagine seeing six different high-level media takes that cover the Raiders all saying the same thing like, you know, Josh gets it. He knows what he's doing. Now we know there's – we can name the four or five people who will do that all the time. Right. But there's other people who cover it down the middle. That is weird. Denver's a weird town, man. It's uh, Sports radio there is strange. It is – it is so heavy on the Broncos. Um, I'd have to imagine that any sort of dissenting voice really sticks out. Oh, 100%. I would think so. Now, I will say as well, in fairness, Michael Lombardi also said that everything that Sean Payton does is intentional, and mm. I work for the company that Michael Lombardi works for. So, you know what? I've changed, I've changed my mind on this. I actually, I do think Sean Payton. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> now that I really think long and hard about this, I think everything Sean Payton does is Mike is the key to my future, so I'm going to change my take on this. <laughs> Hadn't thought that one through. No, not at all. Until Weird I stuff, clicked man. on the thread. Weird stuff, yeah. Different sort of town, different sort of football town. Uh, I'm not going to say it means more there than it does for us here. I mean, it, it does, actually, because the Raiders are new to the market, so uh, there's a lot of other fans in this market. So, yeah, there you go. The There's the latest update with Sean Payton and the Broncos and injuries and this team that is supposedly just going to pull away and blow away the Raiders in the division. The problem with the local media is that they all think they're in some cool kids club. Uh, I mean, I think a topic for another day. I would love to hit on this, but yeah, there's there's stuff that goes I've on. I told them to their face. Don't oh, make have. that. Yeah. yeah, you have. You have. Um, Look at us. We cover the Raiders. So I saw you last night, and we were at a friend's birthday get-together. We were um, at a gin joint, a local place. And I I know why, but I still can't explain why I was so mad. Like, I know why I was initially mad watching the U.S. – Women's World Cup team play to a draw. I was irrational, and I kept I kept yelling out as I was barking about it. Demond's looking at me like, "What? What's your problem?" Um, do me a favor, jump in there. Um, no, but I just kept saying, "Where is this American exceptionalism? We're expected to be good at everything. Are we misguided in that thought? Probably." But for our sports teams that are big favorites, that performance, and if people didn't watch it, you know, I, don't, I don't blame you. It was late night. They were trying to get out of the group. All they needed was a draw. And in the soccer world, all they need is a draw is poison. I hate it. And that, in large part, is why soccer drives me freaking nuts. They were a pretty heavy favorite against a Portugal team that's not great. And they played to a tie. And they almost blew it. They almost blew it. And then I, what I expect after the game is freaking the typical pablum that soccer people will drool all over you. You don't get it. You don't get it. All they needed was a draw. Yeah, but the way they played, they put themselves in a position to lose if they had lost, they were out. The favorite in the tournament. At least they were. This is an arrogant group. They've done a lot of winning over the years. They have a right to be arrogant. Play like it. Play like it. I'm staying muted right now. I mm-hmm. want to get your reaction. But I thought it was crap. And 
You know, I was surprised. I couldn't. I didn't have the sound on. Right. Obviously, we're at a uh, a bar, and they're not going to turn the sound up on that game. I guess we could have asked. The faces on the post game from the panel. Ooh, I like that a lot. They looked miserable. Oh, on the field. Oh, celebration. It's picture time. What? For a draw? And again, I know there are soccer people listening like, hey, this dumbass doesn't get it. No, I do. No, I do. I've been around soccer for a long time, probably longer than you realize. Mm -hmm. I thought that was awful. Congrats on making the next stage. But this looks like a group to me that expects to just flip the switch and start kicking ass and blowing people out. Do you see it happening? No, and I I would here because here's the thing we talked about this a couple of days ago when we were talking about the idea of like the world kind of coming up to meet the U.S. women's national team right and that the gap was closing that was kind of the excuses Abby Wambach who initially had that thought yep. uh, when they were kind of scuffling around in the early part of group stage but the problem with that is let's say and I think that's kind of a true premise the problem is if you're approaching it though with the same mentality if we can flip the switch but the floor is rising well guess what when you start to get to the knockout stage where the better teams are there, and you try to flip it on, but the world is coming up to meet you at your level, you're not going to be able to just flip this thing on and start to have success. And I, I was kind of surprised by a team that has reached the heights it has, at least like showing the level of excitement that they did yesterday. They were fired up to, to have a draw. I get it. They advanced. They were dancing. But that, that performance, what was that? And, and by the way, I, it, look, I'm not a trained soccer eye by any stretch. That was not like the Netherlands game. Like the Netherlands game, you can make no. the argument like, hey, look, you had a goal, you had an offsides, you know, goal called off and offsides, plenty of scoring opportunities. Metrics say you really won that game by a you know, larger margin, not just Drew. So like, that's something that maybe you can hang your hat on and feel better about other than the final result. Last night was not the case, or early this morning. That was not the case. I, I thought they were somehow played or played extremely poorly, and thank God – that the goal is not, what, an inch wider, or else this thing's over, yeah. and they're not going on. Yep, extra time, off the post, Portugal almost scores. Uh, here's Carly Lloyd in a couple of spots after the game. She's one of the analysts, a former player on the team. These are not the images we should be expecting to see from a team that survived Portugal and survived to get to the round of 16. What the? I, I appreciate them taking care of the fans, but let me tell you, Carly Lloyd's butt would be back in the locker room kicking things, I have, throwing things. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You're lucky to not be going home right now. Wow, that's good. that's good stuff. Rob Stone at the beginning, long-time soccer voice. And by the way, I don't know Rob Stone to be like a freaking hammer. Mm. So he comes out, he's got the hammer. Then Carly Lloyd, who played on the team, she brings out the hammer. Yeah, it was mystifying. It was mystifying. You know, us Jersey people, like Carly Lloyd, strong opinions. You get it. I like it. I like it. I mean, I think she's from Delran. There are some. There are some who follow. Yeah, someone this. needed to say it. What? Someone needed to say it. The draw culture in soccer sucks. Did you see what the Dutch did to the, the Vietnamese? It was just goal, 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 and they won by the differential. Just annihilated. They didn't win by the differential, but they had a massive differential. But there were some. There were some soccer people who follow this much more than I do, that said 
no, like this locker room needs that. They miss Carly Lloyd. They like somebody to yeah. afterwards call them out and just be like, dude, like what are we doing, guys? This isn't something worth celebrating. You barely got by a team that you're head and shoulders better than on paper. This should not be something where you're dancing to move on because you have no idea what's coming at you next if you're going to continue to operate at this level. And again, female sports, female athletes do not need a pat on the head. Good job, ladies. That, that's not the deal. That's not the deal. Expectations are expectations. And I, like I say all the time, you're going to be graded like the men. If this, I bring it up all the time. The most reviled international team that we have Reviled in this country is our men's basketball team. Now, not everyone hates them, but they are graded real tough. Can't wait to see what and happens. And they're expected this month. to be a favorite to win every freaking time they play. Uh, we'll have tickets to give away later on. You know, you look at the roster, this is a young roster with the men's team. Let me tell you something. If they don't freaking win, there might be a, you know, a, maybe a little more understanding than there was 20 years ago. But I can tell you the teams that were led by Allen Iverson. If you think we're being mean right now or too critical right now after our team advanced, those those Iverson teams got freaking skewered, just destroyed by fans and media. We got more Lloyd? I voiced my concerns several years ago. I voiced my concerns when I left the team. I voiced my concerns to the team when I was at the Olympics when we were competing for that bronze medal game. And I haven't seen much that has changed. From a tactical perspective, it's been the same. It's been very predictable. Players don't seem to be cohesive on the field, don't seem to be playing, um, you know, in synchronicity. Good one. Um, But there's just, there's something not right. And I think that it's not one thing. There's multiple things that have just been spiraling out of control. And now it's being revealed on the world's biggest stage. Yeah, the coaching, I think that's, that's from the top down. Mm-hmm. The draw culture, the happiness with the draw, hey, survive in advance when you're a big favorite. Nah, and that comes from the manager, the coach, whatever you want to call it. And for people out there who are like, why are these guys yelling about U.S. women's soccer? Because they actually deserve the coverage. This is a compliment to the expectations they've set and the interest that is out there. There are people interested in the women's soccer team, but when you're the best team in the world – I don't. The gap has closed. You're still the favorite going into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Don't play like that, and don't celebrate after a draw. I, I just, come on, come on. Can you imagine Becky Hammond? No. Oh. After a game that you barely skated by, there's no draws in basketball, but you know, Aces win a game by one point, and they sleepwalk through the whole freaking thing, and they're setting a bad tone moving forward. Do you know what she would do? Pictures with the fans. You're right. Be accommodating to the fans. How about in this case, don't. Get off the field. Tell you what. You think she would take it? Think when the, you think when the Aces about a month and a half ago, what was it, a month, two months ago, went to Indiana on a sleepy Sunday and barely got by because <laughs> the fever couldn't hit a layup at the end, a wide open one? Huh? Think that Hammond was like, good job! No! Chased him out of the floor. Let's get out of here. This isn't good enough. Fighting out of Spokane Valley, Washington! Presenting the ultimate fighter, season 15 winner, Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Okay, that sounded like typical Bruce Buffer when he does his fight announcements. Did you see the video of this or did you watch that fight? No. So, Kiesa and what? Holland, right? And so, Bruce Buffer has been kind of walking towards the fighters a little right. more. And he got, you know, he's like, he's, he's for like me to you. Points out. For me right? to you, yeah. right? We're like five feet apart. Um, he and Kiesa 
were they had their heads on each other. Oh, okay, now I gotta it's look so it. weird. I gotta look this up now. It's so weird. And the thing is, it doesn't throw Buffer off at all. Kiesa walks up, leans his head head to head, forehead to forehead, and he's just like, ah! just screaming. Imagine if let me let me go uh, let me keep going with Carly Lloyd here in the women's soccer team in their draw last night. Imagine if wow. imagine if the U.S. women's soccer team had that kind of fire. Don't play for draws. Now, DeMond just told us during the break, what, you thought Carly Lloyd, the former player, kind of crapping on the team for a draw and not having enough fire? You think she overstepped? Not overstepped, but I just don't like any former player with a back in my day. I wouldn't have taken this. Yeah, it's okay. You guys were dominating. We're, this is the first time that we have seen the gap is caught up, as people like to say, with the rest of the world. Ooh. So it's just this is the first time they're experiencing this. This is a young team. Just I don't like the back in my day. Did you see that Dr. Young put team. Out top 10? Yeah. I mean, they have, young, they have some younger players that have been. Younger at, players who. Megan Rapinoe's still out there. Well, maybe Carly. How dangerous was Morgan throughout the game? Not very. Well, maybe she shouldn't be starting. Well, that's a different case. You just said they're young. Basically, give them time. Now you're saying they're old. Get the old heads off the field. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I'm saying that maybe Morgan shouldn't be starting. But I'm also saying after they're not performing after after the game, they didn't live up to your expectations of what this team stands for. I don't want to hear from you. Just the back in my day. Yeah, the criticism is right there. Get out of here. But what do you mean back the, in my she day? Just, she she won play. two World Cups with she them. She played. She's one of their leaders. You're still, well, she get said, back on the field, then. My, my get back on the field, then. She can't play. She's too old. You act like she played like 20 years this ago. This isn't Barkley turning on 19-year-olds right. Well, that's know. exactly I'm looking at it through that prism. She's, she was literally in the locker room with every single one of them. <laughs> we'll get back out there now. Uh, trade deadline just passed. There's a bunch of deals to report. I mean, major deals? Uh, I would say the biggest deal of the day. You agree, Verlander? Yes. A lot of teams wanted him. Justin Verlander goes from the Mets to the Astros. The Astros send a pair of outfielders who are A and Double A, decent prospects, twenty and twenty-two years old. And I think the Astros have sent a message again to the American League, like we're we're still here, sure, and we want to win. And meanwhile, there were some other teams that needed some starting pitching. We'll see what the Dodgers finish up with here because I always feel like there's another deal that comes in in the last hour. But they traded for Eduardo Rodriguez, who's having an excellent season for the Tigers. I mean, you'd figure, boy, what a great opportunity. Go to a winning team and leave Detroit. And I'm not banging on Detroit as a city. It's just it's been a losing culture for so long. Go have some fun. Win. Win with one of the, you know, the big payroll teams in baseball. He turned it down. Yeah, that was weird. Erod turned it down, or Edrod, um, turned it down, citing that he wanted to stay closer to his family on the East Coast. Mm, not a winner. I mean, I'm not willing to say that. I don't know if it extends beyond. He wants to you know, stay near family, but it is weird. You're a millionaire. You can get on a plane anytime you want. Go see your family. Let's go. Step it up. No, I don't really mean that. Kind of. Actually, you know what? No, I'm back in. I mean it. The interesting part about it, too, is – I know I went all over the place there. Um, <laughs> the interesting part about that, too, is he's also got that option. So he can, like – because part of the problem with Eduardo Rodriguez, for people to know, is he's got a player option that would add on, I think, it's two or three more years to his deal that he can invoke after this season. So, like, not only can you go to the Dodgers and win and be on a good team, you can then take up your option and activate the last few years on the contract and be part of that team for a while – and probability-wise, people think they're the favorite to get Shohei Otani. 
be on a staff that's got Otani, you'd probably be set up to win quite a few games and have quite a few cracks at World Series. So, look, I always say this. We said this about Otani, and it does matter for other guys. Lifestyle does matter more than we think. And if he has an option that gives him security, he knows what the money's going to come around, then lifestyle does become a priority. And so if he wants to do it, hey, stick around closer to family, then makes sense in his regard. But I am surprised just given, you know, what the goal always is. Uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the MLB trade deadline. Just passed, but some deals always trickling in, and there are a bunch at the very end. We'll bring in Sam Paniotovich, see if there's anything on the futures board with baseball that has been affected. Uh, frankly, the... The Dodger thing with Eduardo Rodriguez, who was one of the better pitchers on the market, the fact that they didn't get him is, I don't know if it's a devastating blow, but I thought the plan this year was, hey, young guys are going to play, and especially the young pitchers. You know, Bobby Miller, Grove, and Stone. Now, Miller's been good. Grove and Stone were not. I mean, they've given Grove a lot of chances. and mm-hmm. um, I mean, he had a game the other day. I think it was like 10 hits, 8 runs, 10 strikeouts in five innings. That's not going to cut it. So I figured they'd load up with good pitching. Well, they didn't get Verlander. They didn't get Scherzer. They didn't get Montgomery. You know, they didn't add a quality starter. This was their chance. And Eduardo Rodriguez in Detroit turned down the chance to go to the Dodgers. So UNLV football season's coming up. How do we look at their TV availability? Glass half full, glass bone dry. Uh, I would say glass half full. I mean, don't I, I would think the point of building up a program and getting more people to want to be a part of it with you know fans wanting to go into the building is getting it out to the people that matter, right? Yeah, which is the local fan base. I mean, there's five games not televised by um, their TV partners, their big TV partners, their national partners. Mm-hmm. So Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network was set up last year to kind of fill those gaps, and they're having to fill it a lot this year. And I will say I'm part of that broadcast. But I want to look at this objectively. Um, Bischoff and Candy on Pressbox were talking about this last week. I thought their conversation was interesting. And uh, in a shocker, it, it was more glass bone dry. UNLV football will have five games that will not be televised. They have five games that are going to be on the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, which is on your television if you have Cox Cable. That is an actual channel. It's Fox 5 sort of alternate sports channel. But if you have DirecTV, like I do, it's not actually on your television. You can watch them on the Mountain West Network for free. And the one problem game is the same problem game that UNLV football has every year, and that is when they play Hawaii. Okay. Um, Bischoff went on to explain pay-per-view, this and that. Uh, the game's here. So it's on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, so mm-hmm. it's not a problem. Um, the conversation started to lean more toward it's not on – the games aren't on TV because I don't have Cox. Well, then get Cox. Why do you still have DirecTV? Right. I mean, for me, for me, the Golden Knights for years were an extra pay tier on Hulu Live. I didn't get it. I guess VGK wasn't on TV. No, it wasn't on mine. You don't have the right package for it. And there are some channels that are not available on all whatever main five options of TV. Then go get Cox Cable. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you there. But to frame it as it's not on TV, it is on TV. Now, if you're talking, hey, it's on local TV and not national TV, that's a discussion. 
But I don't get the whole notion that it's not on TV. They're on TV. Right. It's not in the ideal spot, but you're still getting it. So I don't know. Like, I guess I'm glass half full. We're hearing glass bone dry. Uh, Then Candy stepped in. For the second year in a row, UNLV Nevada is not on television. If you want one example as to why UNLV is not a true candidate for a power conference, that should be it right there. What? Well, I disagree with that one because they are a candidate. <laughs> Aren't they? I mean, they've been named multiple times already, so I think they're a candidate already. But the, here's the thing. So, again, I would, I would think that it is, if you're looking at this glass half full, which I would, you want to get your product in front of your local fans, which is a good thing. Also, on part of Cox, right, because one of the things, the argument could be, well, it's hard to find. Well, if you're a real sports fan, and I haven't had Cox for a couple of years now, the cool thing that Cox does is if you hit the little red button on sports days, it gives you the entire list of sports that are on that day. So you don't even need to know where the channel is. It'll just show you UNLV, you click it, you hit watch, and oh. it'll take you right there. So like in terms of argument, if you can't find it, if it's on one of those channels, you can get it. And when it comes to streaming, it's easily found as well. I would very much look at this as kind of glass half full. And on top of it, you get to hear great local talent. <laughs> that's that's not why we're doing this. No, okay. To, to say, hey, you know, Neverett and I are doing the football games. Um, that's not the point. It was just, it's on TV. Of course it is. So when you present that to the audience, and I would say it to Bischoff's face, eh, it's a little misleading. It's on TV. Now, it's, it, I would rather have uh, UNLV football on Bigger exposure, national TV, but this is what you have for now. Yes. I mean, we've talked about it. For me, the problem is not so much the channels, it's the times. UNLV having those late night windows where whatever channel it was on, like, you know, if you build it, Mm. they will come type thing. No, that's another big factor in this too. Like, it's, I would be more stressed out about them getting lost in the shuffle of being in like a 1 p.m. window or a noon window as opposed to the channel. You know what I'm saying? Because like late night... Again, for college football freaks, when you're watching late at night, they're going to find UNLV wherever they're at because they, they just want college football. And especially when it comes to the sports betting thing, people are going to find it. I, I would be more irked about the time slots of a lot of these games as opposed to the channel. Well, this is another part of what can be a debate. What is more important, national TV exposure or making sure that the games are in time slots where people will show up at the stadium and spend money? I don't know. I mean, right in front of you is the money situation. The TV, uh, you know, passing on maybe some better national TV slots. And I don't even know if they were, you know, if their games were at six, right. seven, eight, if they would, would have gotten those slots. But um, you remember last year they had to move a lot of games to weeknights. And then I saw a lot of people pissing and moaning that I, I can't take my kids to a game at seven o'clock or eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So I think they tried to satisfy that. And, you know, part of it is now they're not being picked up. On large-scale national TV. So what's more important, the bottom line and the money right now or, you know, building audience nationally? I mean, they they seem so far uh, with their recruiting to have the ability to sell the program, whether kids are able to see them in those late-night slots or not. I mean, they're going into places they've never really gone into before. So they're getting kids in the 2024 class. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point because the attendance has been one thing that they have, like different, obviously, regimes have harped on quite a bit is yeah. getting people in the building. And be a little bit fairer to put them in at noon. I mean, I would say maybe do you, you know, do you cut the baby in half? Do you go, do you try to shoot for that like four o'clock window that's not as packed, right? Still get people in at about that four o'clock time, but still also have a shot at some national exposure. Um, 
but I think that's probably a more fair way to look at it. It's more important to get butts in seats than it would be eyes that aren't going to visit your building anytime soon. So we love the morning show. Pressbox does a great job. Speak for yourself. Love them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him to task on something here, and I w- welcome you to fire back at me because maybe I'm pulling what some other people in this building pull, and I'll mention it by name here in a second. They were also discussing that TBT, the basketball tournament, right? So just so you know, the, the UNLV team that was put together um, really wasn't an official affiliation with the university. I think the university sent out a couple of tweets about it, but a roster was sent out and coaches were listed as coaching the team. Uh, Here's Bischoff talking about watching the one game and then looking at the roster and a lot of the guys that were initially reported six weeks before weren't playing. We got bait and switched. When this team was announced, Steven Zimmerman, Anthony Marshall, Ben Carter, and Bakke Zhang were all announced as players. Dave Rice was announced as the head coach. I put this game on yesterday. There's no Dave Rice on the sideline. Preston Laird, who was an assistant coach at UNLV for a few years, he's on the sideline. They had two guys in the lineup that I had never heard of. One of them went to Arkansas Little Rock. There was no Steven Zimmerman. There was no Anthony Marshall. There was no Ben Carter. Sitting on the bench were Marvin Coleman and Ben Coupe. What the hell happened to this team? Dwayne Morgan was still there. Jerome Seegers... um, there were, there were still more. Jordan Johnson, there were still UNLV players that were there. Okay. So they had UNLV players listed. They replaced them with other UNLV players, and they had a couple of non-UNLV guys on the team. All right? Mm-hmm. Bait and switch. I guess. I guess. It wasn't like people had a chance to buy tickets. Right. They did. They'd have to travel a long way. Um, I guess my problem on this one is... Um, I talked to a couple of people because when UNLV topics come up, I make phone calls. I actually look into things. I want to make sure I have context. That could have been done very easily. Um, I was told Zim was never playing. Marshall came on with us, and then a couple days later, someone told me, he's not playing. Uh, Ben Carter, I think, is nursing a knee. Uh I don't want to say that officially because I don't know 100% sure, but I'd heard that multiple times. Um, So, I don't know. So it's, it's a it's a weird one. It's a weird it's a weird presentation. Um, so what's your problem? Oh, I just think the shock of turning on the game and not seeing certain players there. Um, I think it's our job in the media make a couple of phone calls, do a little research, and find out what the team is really going to be. Right. So did we do that on this show? Did we? Like after Anthony Marshall came on and in that interview that I was a part of, when we yeah. said Dave Rice was going to be a coach, I, I, did, I did not mention it. Right. I did not mention it. So what I was going to reference is we've had, you know, JT the Brick works over with the Raiders, and JT, after a story, will come on and say, I knew that. I'm doing that right now. Uh, I see. Okay, okay. But but anyone could have known in the media had they called and asked some questions. So what's our job? We just, we believe whatever goes out there, and it's like, that's, don't follow up on it. Um, Within days of it being announced that Dave Rice was coaching, Dave was not coaching. I mean, he's got, I'll just say he's got other obligations, and when he wants to announce it, he'll announce it. Okay. So I guess as I watched it, and I was like, yeah, those guys aren't on the roster, and CDR's not coaching. I think you're approaching this from somebody who was in the know. Yes. 
Right, like, like 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 we said, right. We had a we had a JT mention about he apparently knew all along that Jimmy G was going to be fine and pass the physical, and then was pointing at people going, "How did you not know?" Because here's the I'm thing: I'm kind of doing the same thing, but I'm also saying if you're going to present the story on the air, I, I do think you got to make some calls every once in a while. If you cover the school and you cover the 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 basketball program, well, here's don't my, be on the outside. Here's my argument, though: Wouldn't did UNLV not like put its name behind this and go, "Yep, they're doing it." That that was kind of the weird thing about it, because they helped out with the initial promotion, and then after that, I don't think there was much. So that's you know what I mean. Like I feel like in that regard, once UNLV <laughs> says like, "Yep, this is this is happening," believe it. Do you have to make the call because then it just puts everything into question. Like, do you have to everything that puts up they put up there? Do you have to call and confirm? I mean, maybe I missed it, and the and the people who were running it was Seager's brother who was running things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they needed to announce some of these things, or maybe they didn't. I missed it. I mean, I wasn't looking because I knew I I I didn't know about uh, uh, Jordy Johnson being added. And I forget who mentioned another name there, but uh, I I knew pretty quickly that there were some guys who, uh, yeah, Zim Zim makes money, and right, it's a million dollar pot for what's the what's the party? You know, eight, ten, twelve people, and I don't know if it's worth risking for a twenty six year old to go and play in this TBT right now. Yes. I mean, you're right. I'm too. I'm I'm in the know. I'm breaking news after not breaking it, right? And you taking someone to task for not not doing. Yeah, I will say, bait and switch is somewhat strong. Like it's not like people are like. I mean, I hope not building out. Where's trips, Marshall? Right, building out trips to go watch the TBT and then just showing up with right. like tickets and UNLV gear and going, huh? Like what's right. happening? Where's all these guys that I was promised? I hope that wasn't the case. Hopefully, you just turned on a television channel and you were like, oh. This isn't what I expected, and they turned it off. <laughs> All right, above board, there's some news out with the Pac-12 and Klyavkov, the commissioner, presenting the TV package. Very interesting. I don't think it's dead in the water. A lot of people have been saying, hey, Arizona's gone, dead in the water. Klyavkov can't save this thing. I think there's a little reason for optimism. So we were just talking about UNLV and the TV package for football. Uh, glass half full. The games are all available. Uh, glass bone dry, as the press box was presenting. Um Hey, five of them are on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, but they're all on TV. And Adam Candy on that show, I think it was on the 20th of July, uh, Candy made the statement that, hey, this is one of those reasons that UNLV really isn't a candidate, the athletics and the school, to join a Power 5 conference. You don't agree with that. Um, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about what's happening right now mm-hmm. with the Pac-12, the Big 12. I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to stick together. I do know they finally made a major step today, and they presented the freaking TV options to the presidents and the ADs. So Klyavkov did that. They had a meeting. I think they're having another meeting today or tomorrow. And let's see, John Canzano, who's in Portland, he's a big Pac-12 follower, media source. Uh, He said, Pac-12 board meeting was, quote, positive per source. The quote I got included the phrase, quote, excited and aligned. And then he said, well, why hold another meeting? So... Then he answered the question. Some members of the Pac-12 CEO group need to get final approval. Okay. So, relaying the message back to the people at their schools. So that's what Canzano said. Uh, what was presented? It looks like the primary carrier of Pac-12 football would be Apple TV, which is interesting. Apple does have the deal with uh, Messi, right? Yeah, MLS, Messi, all okay. that sort of stuff. Um 
Yeah, quote, the Apple deal is the uh, primary streaming deal. The money, although initially maybe below the Big 12, is expected to start. There's potential through subscriptions via Apple TV to go past that Big 12 number. Don't love it. Well, put some pressure, you know, like put some pressure on the Pac-12. Like they better freaking produce subscriptions if you're saying. Right. I mean, it's kind of the, the fair way to do it when you think about it from the TV side of things. Hey, we'll give you more money. You got to get us subscribers. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the biggest carrier of sports, I think there are some things that ESPN overpaid for, doesn't have the subscription base it used to have, isn't getting people to sign up for ESPN Plus, and they're like, oh crap, we didn't do the numbers right here. It's a, but it's not advantageous for the Pac-12. It's I mean, it's this is a whole new world, really. I guess my problem would be, so again, about attracting subscribers and whatnot. You're doing a, a deal with a streaming service tied to you know subscriptions like that when your two biggest brands are on the way out. I think that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, you, I think, isolate yourself to a certain extent because if you're you know if, if it's a TV deal that ties into some of these major channels, right? Whether it's CBS, Fox, you know, pick it, pick your network. You know, Joe Schmo out in Alabama yep. is willingly going to watch your product. However, Joe Schmo out in Alabama now has no reason to go subscribe for Apple TV to watch Pac-12 football, that's not going to include the two biggest brands because they're on their way to the Big Ten. That, I, like, when I saw this, I was like, eee, that does not, it, this isn't fair, but I'm going to say it anyway. It does smack of a team, or excuse me, a conference, that much like everybody is saying, is kind of on its last limbs. Uh, Brad McMurphy said, uh, biggest blowback on Pac-12's primary Apple media rights deal is it's very challenging for schools to accurately budget annual revenue. You don't exactly know what Apple's going to pay you if it's based on subscriptions, which you can't accurately predict. It's fair. I mean, this this could be in the future, in the 2030s, the way everything goes, but it's not fun being the guinea pig to start it off. You know, it's not, Steve, but again, bringing it full circle... My new personality. I'm a modeler, all right? You can throw together a model real quick that projects what the subscriptions are going to be and get an idea of the money that's going to come back. Do you think they have someone crunching the numbers? I mean, I would think that that's kind of easy to attain. I'll throw one together tonight. 364 We've got load of summer of fun trip number six. We've been giving away trips all summer, eight trips total. Uh, call in right now. Caller 7 Caller 7, you qualify to win four tickets to an Aviators game. You also qualify for the grand prize. It's a trip to New Mexico, hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque, then three days in Santa Fe, plus 1700 bucks in spending money, or you can just take the cash, $3,000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash. Lotus Summer Fun is brought to you by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. It's hard to spell, but they'll keep you cool. 364-1100, Caller Number seven. All right, so what's the gut feeling here? Uh, I They're going to have another another meeting. So say that happens today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. By Friday, are we feeling like it's a unified force at the Pac-12, or will there be, moving forward, or will there be another school to announce before the end of the weekend that they're leaving, like Arizona? I mean, I think if I'm looking at this, I'm probably thinking long and hard about what the future is right? for my school. And whether or not I want to leave for a little bit more steady ground. 
I mean, if, they, if you're a candidate to join, like, let's say, like, if, if, so we'll bring up the Big 12. Again, Big 12 gets a new media deal or gets to rework it if another Power 5 joins. So if you're Arizona, you can go, I can do that. I can join the Big 12. I can personally, you know, again, it's an entity, but I can make sure that they can rework their TV deal and I can guarantee my program and my school a baseline of money in this next TV deal as opposed to staying here and being a part of whatever this is going to be going forward. So for UNLV, the best option would be some schools leave, they expand, they take UNLV in, and maybe that means $20 million per school per year. Who's they? Or Pac-12? Yeah. Okay. Or the Pac-12 just completely falls apart, and then you just start picking at the carcass and grab a couple of schools for the Mountain West Conference. We'll examine it on the other side.